1: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan
2: Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
0: Welcome back. Third and final hour of OutKick 360. We are live in downtown Nashville, 6th and Peabody broadcast studios. With Old Smoky Moonshine and Beehaw here. Chad Whitwell, Paul Kaharski with you. A cast of thousands. Jacob Swanson, Tyler Castle, Dylan Taylor, Adam Brown, Ryan Albanese is here. We wish our compatriot, the chairman of the board, David Reed well. A little bit under the weather today. Hopefully he'll be back with us tomorrow. Jonathan Hutton is in Birmingham. Uh, He's standing by. We're going to go there in just a little bit. He's going to be joined uh, by Skip Holtz, a great college football coach, now coaching the Birmingham Stallions of the USFL. But, Paul, you mentioned this with John McClain. The real sports tonight with Brian Flores and his attorney, with Bryant Gumbel, and some of the things coming out of that, the transcripts, big takeaway for me on this is that his attorney is saying they're going to have evidence of Stephen Ross wanting him and urging him to tank games. says he's got receipts.
2: Receipts are, like John said, Uh, he's got emails, he's got texts, or what else? Witnesses. Uh, There was one report that there's somebody else there. I wish I could remember who reported it because uh, that's high-quality reporting. Uh, I think it was Cameron Wolf of ESPN. So if he's got those or some combination of those, and they're credible, and they're legitimate, um, Stephen Ross is going to be in big, big trouble. And this is going to be one of those rare situations. We saw it with the Clippers, right? Yep. And we saw it with Carolina. To interest. a
0: lesser extent. Where, I, I feel like Jerry Richardson wanted to sell the team right. anyway a little bit, and he kind of but did it got on a, his own. He but he shove. was urged. He was nudged. But
2: these are situations, rare situations, where we saw Donald Sterling was forced. He did not misbehavior want to sell behavior, prompt an ownership change. And this will be that. Stephen Ross has no intention of getting out of the football business whatsoever. This could absolutely be the league forcing him out. You know who's loving this? Daniel Snyder because this will backseat Daniel Daniel Snyder's misbehavior um, this investigation's already been slowed down we've we've said they're changing investigators here midstream and making it like it's a new case and he could be in this position himself but Stephen Ross will be in the front seat of uh, of a pushout by the league and deservingly so if this is proven
0: Well, and this all comes at the same time that Roger Goodell is negotiating another contract extension to make a ton of money uh, to run the league. And we all know why they wanted to run the league. He's done a really good job with it, but it's also massaging the 32 egos of of those owners. And cleaning up messes. This is going to be an interesting dilemma for Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, with what's being alleged if there are receipts for the first time ever, he may have to force along with other owners, and be the commissioner behind it, an owner to sell their team because of this. I think that the
2: support from the rest of the ownership might be very strong here. I don't know that you have much of a choice if you're another owner and there's clear-cut evidence that an owner was saying uh, to his coach, I need you to lose games. I'm incentivizing you to lose games. Um, in order for us to get a better draft pick. And again, I think it'll be the end of the draft as we know it. I'm not saying there's going to be a draft lottery that goes very deep. I think in the NFL, uh, look, this was a I want Joe Burrow move. If you make it a four-team lottery, that reduces your chances of getting Joe Burrow enough that I don't think you say, get us into the four-team lottery, or you'd be naturally into the four-team lottery or a six-team lottery yeah. that, that it would disincentivize you to to lose, you could still
0: wind up in the four-team lottery even if you won. Well, and plenty of teams and owners have naturally tanked because of the roster they put on the field every Sunday. Yes. Owners have wanted to lose games before for a high draft pick. You just so are those same owners now going to vote out someone for doing the same because they offered a bribe? And are those owners – they're obviously smart enough to look in the mirror and think, are there receipts on me? In that year that we sucked for Andrew Luck, for example, did I say something to someone in an email or a text that could come back for me to lose my team? Or the Browns' plan was clearly to bottom I mean, out y- substantially. Y- you see the hypocrisy here, right? Yeah. If I'm one of those owners that were outwardly rooting or maybe inwardly rooting for my team to lose games, to tank for a high draft the pick. The Bucks did it in the winston mario You're, you're signing a document as one of those owners who force Stephen Ross to sell, you got to be thinking how long until they come for me, if there are receipts out there. Well, it would certainly mark the end of any, um,
2: outward or even slightly inward, uh, attempt to do it. You would be expected to, to with the people on the field attempt to win. Um, and I, I have no problem with that. That, That's what I want to see. I I don't understand people who root against their team and want to see, uh, draft position stuff really it's not a fun thing to root for your team to lose but i do think a four-team lottery fixes the problem
0: we're going to shift gears here we're going to throw it back from nashville to birmingham that's where jonathan hutton is standing by at protective field he's joined now by the head coach the birmingham stallions skip holtz hutton take it away
3: uh, the head coach of the home team, you know, like there's eight teams here and there's one with the name Birmingham on the chest. And it's the head coach, uh, Skip Holtz, who gets to coach the team. No pressure, by the way, Coach. Uh, you're on national TV and you're on two different networks on April 16th to get things started. That's only happened, you know, that's only the second time since uh, Super, Bowl Super Bowl one. one. Yeah, so awesome. congrats.
4: Yeah, so just a little ho-hum, you know, but putting those teams together begins tonight. <laughs> you know and that's the fun part we've all we've had the opportunity to hire staffs and to go through the drafts and all the number of people in it But tonight, it's for keeps. Tonight, we start assigning players to teams. And that's what's really going to be exciting about all this. And uh, I love the process. I've never been part of an NFL draft. I've always been part of recruiting, You know, where you got to sit in the living room and convince them to come (laughs) to your school. Uh, Now you get to say, I like that guy, you know what I mean? And you get to put your team together. So I'm really excited about this process and what we're doing tonight. But I think tonight is the first step in the Birmingham Stallions becoming not just a name, but having a list of players that goes underneath that title. And I think that's what makes this really exciting tonight.
3: You're also going to have the home field advantage with the fans. You know, $10 tickets if you're in the Birmingham area or if you're just wanting to come check out USFL football. I mean, that's a family event where you can get down the interstate and, and come check out a weekend of football where there's games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on most weekends. And most of them are going to be wearing your colors.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the beauty of having the opportunity to be the home team. You know, this is, uh, I think, when everybody sat down and said, where do, we, where do we put this where it's really got a footprint to be successful? Let's put it in a great city, you know what I mean, that has the support behind it, that's got the restaurants, the hotels, yeah. and the infrastructure to really make this work. They've got the facilities when you look at Protective Stadium and this great place, when you look at the Iron Lady across the street, you know what I mean, yeah. uh, when you look at the great, facilities that are here, but then you got to go to a place that's football crazed, somebody that that loves football and is going to support it. When you look at the college teams, the high school teams, uh, the coaching, the caliber of players that are coming out, this is a football crazed state without professional football in it. And all of a sudden, you're going to have eight professional teams in Birmingham, Alabama for the next four months playing football, and like you said, having the opportunity to make it affordable to where people can come and they can not only support the local team, but they can come and have an opportunity to see a great brand of football. I mean, this is, this is we're doing this draft tonight, and there's over 800 players mm-hmm. in this draft from all over the country guys that have NFL experiences guys that are right out of college guys that that have been in the NFL maybe for three or four years that are looking to restart their career there's some quality football players this is going to be a high brand of football and that's all that is part of what makes this so exciting and it's going to be very very competitive as well
3: skip Holtz, our guest on outkick 360 the USFL draft this evening 6 to 9 p.m. central time here in Birmingham we'll have coverage for you uh, across the outkick network um you and your family, college. I think of the Holtz legacy. I think of college football. Yes. Um, you mentioned not having to recruit. <laughs> Is that refreshing? Like, So if I'm calling Skip Holtz, and I believe it was announced in January you're going right. to be a head coach, who calls you from the USFL, and what's the pitch to Skip Holtz to – Get you to be the face of the Birmingham franchise. Well,
4: it was uh, sat down and met with Brian Woods, and he said, "You know, would you come over and meet with me about the USFL?" And I said, "You know, I don't know a lot of what's going on with it. I've been in college, but yeah, I'd love to come over and sit down and talk." Uh, I went over and sat down and talked for an hour lunch, and the more we talked, the more excited I got about the opportunity. Uh, I said, "When I left Louisiana Tech, I just want, I just want to go someplace that I'm excited about it again. I don't want to been a college coach for." Thirty-five years. If I was announced today someplace, I could put the schedule together for the end of the, for the rest of the year by nightfall. You know, I yeah. mean, uh, something I've done. This is new. It's exciting. It's fresh. I mean, I just think the more I started talking with Brian, the more he convinced me um, that I can get up and get excited about this. And so it was not was not a hard sale. By the end of lunch, I was done. I got out and got in the car. Called my wife. She said, well, "What would they say?" And I said, "Well, I don't know what they said, but I took it." <laughs> I don't know. Every- Everything they said, but I'm I'm going to be a head football coach in the new USFL, and really excited about this opportunity. When you look at the caliber of coaches, Mm -hmm. when you look at the obviously the Jeff Fishers, when you look at the Kevin Sumlins, the Larry Fedoras, I mean the Mike Rileys. There's some great coaches in this in this league. And so I think it's to be part of it. I'm honored. I'm privileged. Um, but even more so, out of all the teams here, to have the opportunity to represent Birmingham and be the home team is really a special feeling for me.
3: So uh, your father, Lou Holtz, yep. whenever you wanted to get in coach, you mentioned the 35-year yeah. stretch run there. He, he made a list for you of coaches that he thought you would be great at working for. Yep. And I don't know how many you actually called, but Bobby Bowden was the one who called you back. Exactly. And that kick-started everything for you.
4: That's where it all started. I, I said I wanted to coach, and I sat down and enlisted probably about 16 coaches and sat down with Dad and said, these are guys I'd love to work for. Uh, the Terry Donahues, yeah. the Bobby Bowdens. The, you know, you go from coast to coast. Uh, and Coach Bowden called me back and said, I have an opportunity right now. I graduated at mid-year. And he said, I have an opportunity now. I was going to go to UCLA, room with oh. my – I was going to go with Terry Donahue at UCLA, room with my roommate from college who was playing with the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers at the time, and then when Coach Bowden called, it was like, ooh, oof, okay, when's school start? And he said, tomorrow, and I thought, wow, okay, how do you tell, Bob- <laughs> how do you tell Bobby Bowden no? It was like, it's a lot easier to tell my college roommate I'm not coming than it was to tell Bobby <laughs> Bowden I wasn't coming, and so... Um, I got in the car, drove to Tallahassee, and the first person I met when I walked in Coach Bowden's office was my wife. And so, really? you know, things happen, things happen for a reason, but I've been blessed. I've had some great mentors to have the opportunity to be around Bobby Bowden, to coach with Earl Bruce out at Colorado State, to coach with my father for ten years, five at Notre Dame and five at South Carolina, which are unforgettable experiences for me. But I've been around college football my whole life, and I think this is a, a change that I'm excited about and is one that I'm really, really looking forward to.
3: Do you remember your reaction when you learned, that he was going to be the South Carolina head coach for the first time.
4: Yeah, when, uh, as a matter of fact, I was the head coach at Connecticut and had just won 10 games. You just went to D1. Oh, yep, yeah, we right? had just got the D1. They had offered me a 10-year contract. They got the bid to go into the Big East uh, at the time. And then my father said, I want you to come with me. And really, the the selling point, my mom was battling stage 4 throat cancer. And my mother, my wife said to me, she said, you know, do you think we should go? And I said, professionally, it's not very smart. We just won 10 10 games as a head coach with a 10-year contract on the table. That doesn't happen very much in this business. Um, I said, professionally, it's not very smart. Financially, I wasn't a math major, but it was a lot more money as a head coach than there was as an assistant. But my wife said to me, she said, 20 years from now when your mom's not here, are you going to regret not going? And I said, absolutely. And she said, then I think we need to pick up and move. So we picked up, moved to South Carolina, spent five incredible years there, building that program, having my children grow up in Columbia, remembering what it was like to be uh, with Nanny and Papa. So for me, invaluable moments that I can never go back and buy. buy. My mother is no longer here, Mm -hmm. but for my children to remember the days with Nanny, uh, for for me to have five more years around my mom and dad, uh, those are special memories for me and ones that no amount of money can take from me.
3: Skip Holtz has been our guest. Maybe tonight kicks off that next memory where you're going to yes. remember, like, hey, I'm year one of the USFL there's and the reincarnation. No,
4: there's no, there's no doubt that'll happen. I mean, I, I said that being a college football coach for 35 years. Um, I think I had to coach for 35 years, maybe to get to some of my most enjoyable years. And I am really excited about what's on the table right now. I'm excited about going through the draft, putting the team together, excited about having the opportunity to play in Birmingham with these great facilities and great fans, uh, excited to watch this product, put it together and put it on the field and go play against these very competitive football coaches and teams. So uh,
3: I'll say it, um, no NIL. no recruiting, no NCAA, you know, no transfer portal. portal. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got a set up here in Birmingham where you can just coach ball.
4: And that's what, that's what this is. It's about coaching ball and having coached in college all these years. And a lot of guys that have gone on to the NFL Mm -hmm. um, that I've always asked them, what's the difference? And it's like, you know, when you get to the NFL, when you get to professional ball, it's all ball. It's not about going to class. It's not about, you know what I mean? Doing a lot of those things. It's about, ball. This is what their job is. This is their profession. Uh, the difference between winning and losing is that small, but that's why it's so important to cross T's and dot I's, and we're professionals in what we do, and so uh, I'm really excited about it, and I, I do. I think it's going to be, I think I am going to have some of my most enjoyable years of coaching in the in the latter part of uh, my coaching career, having the opportunity to be part of the USFL.
3: Best of luck to you. You're in a good city, as you know, great, for great football. City, great city. Uh, it, it should be a great atmosphere. Well,
4: here. great city. Not only college football, when you look in the state, but when you look at the high school programs in oh, the state, yeah. when you look at the talent that comes out of the state of Alabama, when you look at, there's a lot of states that uh, that 6'6", 230-pound guy is playing the three spot on the basketball court rather than being the rush end, you know what I mean, <laughs> on yeah. the football field. In this state, they're the rush end on the football field, and that's what I'm, I'm just excited to be part of it and couldn't be more excited to be in this state and in this community. So,
3: Skip Holtz and Birmingham, they have the sixth pick in the first round. We've got the first overall pick coming up in Jeff Fisher. Um, but uh, final thing for you, Coach, I i, I walked in uh, across the street with the Weston, and people assumed I knew the quarterbacks. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Right. Um, how many times have you been asked about the group of quarterbacks? That is an unknown until we hear them later tonight. Right.
4: And, you know, some – some really talented quarterbacks. You know, when you look at it, and as I said earlier, when you look at this talent pool with over 800 names, uh, and I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of the quarterbacks just when mm-hmm. we got here because you you know their names, you know some of them, you've seen them play in college, you've seen some of them play in the NFL, but all of a sudden you meet them and it's like, oh my gosh, you're a lot taller than I thought you were. <laughs> nice, to, you know what I mean? Nice to meet you. But uh, talented players, really talented players, good young men, and they want to play this game. They want to play this game, and that's the thing you yeah got everybody that's in this league right now is in it, whether it's to play professional football, and maybe that's gonna be a two or three year journey for him in the USFL, or maybe it's gonna parlay into that opportunity. But everybody's coming into this to play professional football. It's not you know, in college you have them for 20 hours a week. You know, here we may have them 20 hours a day. I mean, you know, with what we're putting (laughs) together. We're going to need that much time to get ready for that opening game on April 16th. April
3: 16th Birmingham takes on New Jersey and the Generals. They'll be right here at Birmingham uh, for that opening game that's on Fox and NBC. Coach, good to see you. Good to meet you.
4: Definitely looking forward to this.
3: Absolutely. Skip Holtz has been our guest when we come back. Jeff Fisher joins Outkick 360 across the Outkick network.
1: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie.
0: Well the hits just keep on coming. We are in Nashville. I'm Chad Withrow. Paul Koharski is here. Jonathan Hutton is live getting ready for the USFL draft in Birmingham this evening. He is at Protective Stadium in Birmingham and I'm not sure if we're throwing it right now to an unexpected start of Yellowstone season four looking at these two bearded men on my camera right now or if Jonathan Hutton is joined by one of our favorites coach jeff fisher I, I think it's the latter but we'll find out by sending it to hutton right now hutton take it away
3: thank you chad a uh, great friend of the show and friend of uh, nashville is jeff fisher they made a yellowstone joke they said he, they weren't sure if they were tossing to birmingham or season five of yellowstone <laughs> with you and i sitting here but nonetheless here we go and uh, they're tossing to the coach that has the number one pick tonight in the usfl
5: draft you know what how's that for a coincidence you know you know we were all the time that led up to, you know, to the lottery and who's going to pick first. And, you know, all the hype around the quarterback selections. And then I, you know, I actually, and, and I can date everybody there. Remember, we had storms coming in last Thursday. So mm-hmm. this, this latter, lo, the lottery took place about four o'clock, 410 in the afternoon. And I was out in Kingston Springs and no place to take cover. So I had to get in the car to look for cover <laughs> to run from the storm. And so I missed the lottery. And then all of a sudden my phone's blown up going, you got the number one pick so I said okay I got the number one pick I better make good use of it well you know everyone thought you have
3: the number one pick because you were the, the last coach to join the league and they were like oh Fisher needed the number one pick
5: you know that, that, that is so. You've been talking to some of the other coaches that, that you yeah. know are kind of kind of soured a little bit because they didn't get to pick. Well, let me tell you about the, the these this group of quarterbacks. This group of quarterbacks going to be really fun to watch play and, and so on and so forth. So I'm kind of interested to find out what what it's going to look like.
3: So I want to get into some details of this in a moment. But you are without a doubt looking for an advantage. You were doing that with the Titans. You were with the Rams. Are you constantly combing through? The, the 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 rules of the draft the rules of the league to figure out how you can find your foot in the door that no one's thought of before because you were known for that and
5: still are well I mean yeah I think it will start with the rules uh the plain <laughs> rules are going to be you know NFL plain rules mm-hmm. uh, for the most part with some modifications um some some player um, safety rules that that we're going to put into effect. I think they're going to be good, positive for the league. Um, You know, it's going to be a little quicker game, a 35-second play clock. Um, You know, we'll be able to communicate to our quarterbacks and to the middle linebackers and so on and so forth. Mike Pereira's done a great job with his staff out there. Um, he'll be handling all the replay reviews from, you know, Fox in LA. Uh, there may be even some live communication during the game and interaction between the head coach on the sideline and Mike in the in the booth just to enhance things. So um, those kind of things are, are, are well in, in place and so, yeah, so from a rule standpoint, there, there are things that you need to look at yeah. and, and bend a little bit. It's like I don't think there's any secret. i you know, all the with all the this age of analytics and, and everybody talking about the fourth down stuff and all this historical data and da 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 da, da you know, it's no surprise. To you or to anybody else, I feel like you got a better chance of converting a fourth and seven with your punt team than you do with your offense. So you know, so that may um, tip uh, my hat ever so slightly as far as who I who we select as a punter. So, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things like that, and and then you know the interesting thing about it is the roster size and putting it together, and you know, um, and then the practice and and this practice squad that we're gonna that have in place and just moving people back and forth and. and surrounding yourself with the best players uh, possible. Um, we, I have a, a staff. It's not a large staff. I don't know if you've talked about coaching staff. but Briefly. Briefly. So there's a head coach and there's six assistants and that includes your, your coordinator, your three coordinators and then do the math. There's three left. So everybody's going to be hands-on coaching and so you, know, you have to spend some time with respect to what do we want to look like on offense? What kind of personnel do we want to use? What are we going to do defensively? I think you're going to see a lot of college flair in this game. Um, you're going to see up tempo offense, uh, RPOs, you know, all those things, and so, you know, you're going to surround yourself with coaches that are that understand that, and so uh, it's been an exciting process, and and then add the personnel thing. and the reason we're sitting here tonight, and and that, you know, I think there's close to seven, eight hundred uh, young players that have signed contracts with the USFL, and they're not all going to get drafted, but uh, we have a huge player. Um, Uh, market to which to choose from. So, you know, over the last two or three weeks, you don't have the time nor the, the the staff to go ahead and do all those evaluations, so you're doing them real quick. So uh, we have a really good feel. We're ready to go tonight. I'm excited about it, and and I feel like way the numbers are, are are shaking up. For example, um, you know, there's going to be 24 selections of offensive tackles tonight, and and defensive ends for that matter. Well, uh, I'm going to get three of. Everybody's going to get three. So the odds, if you if you like 15 or 16 guys, the odds of getting your guy are going to be really pretty good. So we've even been on the phone a little bit with some guys checking them out. And, you know, so, yeah, things are going to get going really quickly.
3: Jeff Fisher with us on OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. What got you back into this? I, I, you had always been rumored at some college gigs. Uh, There's been some pro gigs as well. But what ultimately said, you know what, this, this is the league. Um, this is the league for Jeff Fisher. Because you were involved with Eddie and TSU back in Nashville. Why was now the right time?
5: You know, it was, um, I, they reached out, you know, six or eight months ago um, with the, the idea and the concept. And so, you know, I listened. I was really interested. And then really dedicated uh, myself, you know, last spring and summer, you know, to the program at TSU with Eddie and the staff. And I missed but one game. And so, um, you know as you say, you know, mentally I, I've been in the college space for four or five years, just learned more and more about it because uh, it was really uh, uh, it was of interest to me and to see where the game's going and so I, I did uh, detour um, and I assisted uh, in the um, alliance, um, you know, several years ago just from a, a technical standpoint, you know, I worked with the rules and all those kind of things and so I just love the game but to answer, to answer your question right here and now, uh, um, it's an opportunity for me. I check a lot of boxes. It's an opportunity for me to help younger players realize that dream, and and that's to uh, you know to continue playing and and help to develop them. Um, in and in 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 I mean this when I say it. It's to develop them as 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 young men, and this is a great game. It's a great platform for that. In addition to that, it gives me an opportunity to bring in some younger coaches to help them realize their dreams. and And one would say, well, no one's going to go from you know from A to B, and, and it's not not the case. It's 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 experience. It's teaching them how to do things, how to evaluate, how to game plan, you know, and how to get on the field, roll roll, roll your sleeves up, and, and actually coach. So, uh, and then on top of that, you know, there's a champion. And um, so we're all motivated by that. And then uh, when that's over, there's time. And so uh, I have uh, really become extremely fond of, of um, you know, my time. And it's, it's well documented. You brought up Yellowstone. I mean, I love to fish. I love the outdoors. I love to hunt. And, and We're going to do a show in Montana together. We are definitely going to do that. But for keep this in mind, for 22 years uh, as a head coach of the National Football League, I didn't see Mike Happen in the months of end of July through November, yeah. December. And so I've had four or five years up there in the fall, which is just extraordinary to me. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about the love for the game, the passion for the game. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, an hour and a half away from the start of this draft. It didn't feel any different than any other draft I've been through. It's just it's an opportunity to go ahead and make the right decisions and move around and, and not that we can trade up and things, but to build this, to build, you know, our team uh, in a unique way, you know, over the next couple days.
3: Jeff Fisher with us. He's the head coach of the Michigan Panthers. And I, I I know this story behind the scenes and I asked Jeff, can we tell it? He said, absolutely. How did you learn you were going to be the head coach of the Michigan Panthers? Because this happened in Los Angeles.
5: Yes, it did. We're, there's, um, you know, there's been a lot, a lot of talk back and forth about, you know, the, the guys that were, were gonna that committed to become head coaches, and you know, I probably was one of the later ones uh, to to commit 100 percent because I wanted to see, I just wanted to see it fall into place and see, you know, w- you know what did everything, what everything looks like the landscape, and so. Um, during that process there, you know, it, I was told that, well, maybe we'll just give you the Birmingham team because of the proximity between Nashville and Birmingham. Go, oh, that sounds good. And then, then I found out that Gene Tizek had the Birmingham team and then Gene left for for a, yeah. a, a really a great opportunity. He's become a friend of mine and a, you know, a fan favorite of most of those people that follow the SEC. So then as well, no, okay, we'll give you back to Birmingham. And then and I said, okay, well, that's cool. Birmingham's close, you know, but we'll come down to fam- family, friends, all that stuff. And it's then, and then, you know, it was, well maybe you know. Maybe we'll put you in in New Jersey generals and, and give you that one because that might be a tough media market and you're you've got you know expertise of the media. And then it went um, from there uh, and back to Birmingham and then um, I, I believe he just talked to Coach Holson. So yeah. anyway, he got the Birmingham gig because he's you know from from this area. And so, you know, I was in, out at the Fox Studios and we we're going through a lot of a lot of the details and you know what the league looked like and the timing and the dates and so on and so forth. And so they asked us to go in and do some promos stuff and when I walked into some promo stuff they handed me a Michigan Panther shirt <laughs> and that's how I found out I go really well this is cool so you know cuz I think anybody that followed the game of football even though it's you know it's been years now I think people you know remember uh, the past and and so you know the the state of Michigan is such a football rich state with so many great programs in addition to uh, University of Michigan and Michigan State and Central Michigan and and everything um, you know it was just a it was just a really exciting opportunity for me you know to be able to represent that program.
3: I love it because the it, you, it went viral. You you like holding the dog in the airport is always number one. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. That's it, right. And then it, the the shepherd Fisher at the airport. And then there's the photo that was released by the USFL of you in the Michigan Panthers uh, polo with the jeans. And of course, everyone's like, "Oh, look at this Levi Strauss model and everything else going on." But there's the backstory. You didn't even know what. Uh, what shirt you were wearing that day? I did
5: not, and I'm really, really excited. <laughs> and from that day, from that day forward, over the last couple of weeks, a lot of good things have happened. I've hired some really talented young young coaches um, we got the number one pick, and uh, now that doesn't mean to say that i'm picking very high in the second round of quarterbacks, but it's a sneak draft yeah it is and and so you know the the bottom line is this i mean if 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 we've earmarked or you know we've identified say you know six Six corners or six defensive ends that we're going to draft tonight. Mm-hmm. The odds of getting all six are pretty good because of the because of the market, uh, because of the talent level, and you know. So we'll get the six guys that, that that we like. I think you're going to hear everybody say, "Oh yeah, we got the guy we want." You know, you never hear the 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 opposite of that in a draft. But I think this is the case. And the unique thing about I think this, you
3: just told you know, me your second quarterback will be the guy you want. <laughs> you're, uh,
5: you're not going to want oh, yeah. no, uh, because well, you're well, not
3: going to have the you're not going to have the best pick there.
5: Well, that's okay. That yeah. doesn't. Yeah, there's still a supplemental draft. Okay. Okay. but you know whoever i end up selecting uh, at the at the second quarterback spot uh, if you're listening now you're going to get a chance to compete for the job that's okay. how this thing works so um, yeah it's really it's it's really falling into place
3: i'm intrigued by the the rules and the mechanisms of of the league but let, let's just talk practice when do you when do you start? When do you get your team together? You're here in Birmingham, but how often do you be, how often are you here? How often do you practice during the week? I know there's three options for games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday during during the season over a 10-week span. What do you know about all that?
5: Well, we're, we're quite familiar with it. Um, you know, Based on based on whether you're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're going to have a normal week's practice. So everything's going to be done down here in Birmingham. All the games are going to be played here, maybe with a one exception the championship game. And so they will. As you say, they'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But um, there's four different practice facilities. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be sharing a facility. So I'll be sharing a facility with one of the other teams. So we'll just alternate. We'll practice in the morning. They'll practice in the afternoon. Um, it's, you know, with the roster size being, being what they are, I mean, you have to be prudent, and you got to be mindful of their legs and things like that. There'll be more walkthroughs, and what you're looking for is to making sure that everybody's ready to play on the weekend, but everything will be played under down here. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a great place for football. I don't know if you had a chance to talk about this venue. And, and it's so perfect. Far, but it's beautiful, and so, so yeah, it's going to be exciting. There, there'll be a lot of fan engagement. I mean, the broadcast product's going to be extraordinary, uh, which we all can appreciate and imagine, so, um, yeah, everything takes place. So, to, to ask your question, uh, we'll be probably back down here uh, first week of March for the supplemental draft. Uh, coaches will report to work down here on the 17th of March. Players will come in about four or five days after that. We'll assess our players, we'll do physicals, we'll be on the field by March 20th, and this game's going to, you know, the season's going to kick off in mid April.
3: I know they've got the hotel hookup, and, and the hotels here are great. Uh, with what they have available, there is no way you're staying at the hotel. You, I want to know, how, how is Fish going about the, the Airbnb, the Chateau Fisher? Because you're, you're not bringing the dogs to the hotel. You can bring them to the Airbnb.
5: Well, I'm not coaching a team without having my dog with me. I know. So, yeah, especially Dirk. So, you met Dirk. So, you know, he's, he, he, he was not happy when I packed a bag yesterday. And, and you didn't uh, get in the truck, and, and he didn't. And he didn't get in the yeah. truck, so Dirk will be down here. So um, I'll figure something out. You know how that goes. I'll figure something out. But the, the, the perfect world is, is that we're just so close. You know, I, I, have, made, I have two commitments in Nashville um, during the season, uh, and they're both similar in nature in that I'm expecting two more grandkids one at the end of April and one at the end of May, and I cannot miss that. So you may have, you may have to refer to an interim head coach for <laughs> about four hours as I drive up and witness this, this awesome, awesome miracle and then come back. But beyond that, I'm committed. So uh, can we talk to your
3: coaching staff briefly? Yes, yeah, sure. So it, it, it's got to be tough putting together a coaching staff for this league right out of the jump because you've got coaches that are looking for other college jobs. They may get a call late after talking with you, which I'm sure has happened. How did you go about doing that? You didn't want to poach from Eddie George's staff, guys you know, your son's coaching there. So what did you focus on? Because there's a limited amount of, of staff members that you have. Some guys can be in the box. Some guys, Most guys need to be on the sideline with you. So how did you go about doing
5: it? Well, you're, what you're, you're looking for guys that can teach. And, and in, in my case, I kind of... I stayed um, with the younger guys. Um, I currently have a defensive line coach That uh, and I'm pulling for him right now. He's on an airplane. He's flying to an NFL city to interview as an assistant defensive line coach, and I'm trying to help him get that job. If he doesn't, then he'll come back. And so, uh, but I have a experienced offensive line coach. Um, The name may or may not be familiar uh, to many, but he actually was the head coach here at University of Alabama Birmingham in uh, 2011 through 14. He's been in the college space and coaching O line uh, in in, at the college level for a long time. I'd say. he's probably um he's probably ready to coast for four or five months and then enjoy the fall or go help in, in some other capacity and then I have some younger guys that that, um, that I have either crossed paths with um, over the last couple of years that I know very well um, and I'm really impressed with what they've done. I'm giving some young guys, there are so many outstanding young college coaches uh, out there that just don't get an opportunity to get a foot in the door and so I'm creating that opportunity For them and and these guys are hands-on coaches, communicators, play callers, and so uh, I'm going to have I'm going to be on the field as well. You know I'm going to be involved. You know on all three phases. I'll probably you know be running around and chasing guys around with respect to special teams and um, because that's going to be an important aspect of this game. We have a really unique kickoff um, that's uh, a kickoff philosophy that's been adopted Um, with respect to player safety. We're going to kick off. From the 25-yard line, so there's going every ball is basically going to be returned, and uh, there's going to be some requirements from from the standpoint of you, uh, your, your eight of your return team have to line within 20 yards of the kick, so mm. it's going to resemble a punt return. But nonetheless, there's going to be an ex, it's going to be an exciting play, and it, it, it involves player safety. You you avoid those those high those running full speed impact collisions that that the NFL has been concerned about for years that we were a part of. And so anyway. Um, you know, you you adjust, you find find young coaches that understand those concepts.
3: You can be a defensive minded coach in this league. Can you be a run first team in this
5: league? Oh yeah, there's no no doubt about it. You can. You're, it's going to be to see how it all unfolds. Non quarterback. Uh, well, I I would I would say it's fair to assume that any quarterback in this league is going to have <laughs> the ability to escape yeah. and make plays with their legs. That's going to be important, especially early on, because things are going to break down, because you just don't have the luxury of an off-season program. You don't have the luxury of these kids being in the system for very long, and there's going to be breakdowns, so the quarterback's going to be you know, running around making some some big-time plays. Fair to
3: say that you're pretty, you're pretty cool with all the coaches here. Um, fair to say over the last week, two weeks, that Communication cut off a little bit with all the information
5: that was being shared. Well, it was funny because, you know, for, for a couple of weeks, you know, you get a call back and forth every other day about, hey, what about this? And what are you, are you going to do this? And have you thought about it? And, and then, what, you know, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, just like you say, about 10 days ago, it got quiet because everybody's just kind of rolled their sleeves up and they're staring at personnel lists and they're concerned about the draft. So I think we'll pick things back up probably, you know, tomorrow afternoon after we're done and, and, and get going. And then, you know, you got to work out some different scenarios from, from the standpoint of, you know, I want to work out, you know, equitably how we we practice and share. You know, a different venue, and you know you got to add, add the element of privacy and, and competitiveness and all those kind of things. But uh, it's going to be very very competitive, and um, it'll just watch, just watch and see here as we get closer to the kickoff of the season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Coach Jeff
3: Fisher has been our guest here on the show. Number one pick tonight in the inaugural 2022 USFL draft, and uh, fair to say you're not coaching and you're not picking here tonight as the head coach of the Michigan Panthers, unless you saw what's the first year of many more to come for this league with the investment from Fox and, and everyone involved with the league, you see a league that's sustainable, unlike what we may have seen in years past that you've been involved with there too, from uh, advisory role.
5: I I'm familiar with the leagues. Um, You know, I, you know, I was 18 years on the competition committee in the National Football League. Um, I'm familiar with how the college football programs are run. Uh, I'm familiar with those leagues that have come and gone, and um, I would not have done this had I not had 110% confidence in in the success of this league because it's going to be fun. It's about it's about the fans. It's about fan friendly. It's about you know us giving people. Uh, things to to root for during the spring beyond just the the draft and 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 so there's going to be a lot of fun ahead. But I am confident in the leadership, in the support, and uh, those that are surrounding me that this is going to be a great experience for everybody involved.
3: Here's hoping, guys, that uh, fish is no stranger to Outkick and Outkick 360 moving forward. Uh, best of luck to you as you get things going. We'll have you on the show soon. Thank you. Jeff Fisher has been our guest. Paul and Chad. Wrap up the show coming up on Outkick Three Sixty.
1: It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle.
0: Final segment, Tuesday edition of Outkick 360, live from the 6th and Peabody Broadcast Studios. And Paul Kuharski has information that can change your life. Paul, you have info on Aaron Rodgers' life-changing cleanse.
2: Well, it's not hard to find. Twitter is just loaded up with details about uh, the Pancha Karma cleanse. Now, there are different varieties of this, so I can't swear that this is the one uh, Aaron Rodgers did. This is from Veeth underscore Daniel. Uh, He says, uh, first, three days of ghee therapy, which is consuming ghee until you evacuate at both ends. Ghee is clarified butter, as I'm sure you know. You probably cook with it. Uh,
0: Somebody in the comments... Clarified butter. Yeah, somebody
2: in the comments said that it takes eating two to four tablespoons of ghee usually mixed with herbs on an empty stomach. So about a half a stick of butter. Two, one day of therapeutic vomiting. Therapeutic vomiting, words I'd never thought I'd hear paired. Three, one day of laxative therapy. Three, uh, next, um, three days of herb drops in your nose. Uh, uh, Next, many days of enemas. And uh, yoga and meditation. Many days? Many days. Many days. The venomous, and uh, this is all mixed with yoga and meditation throughout. The best thing is really in the comments on this. One guy says, uh, I can achieve four out of six of these with a case of natural light. <laughs> and uh, somebody else said, just pooping constantly all over the place seems like an accurate description of both this
0: cleanse and the Packers in the playoff. So that's good. I mean... You're going to lose 15 pounds doing this. He's already like. relatively scrawny, I feel like. Yes. But how quickly do you put the weight back on? Like, that seems superficial. Well, I
2: don't know. The cleanse, I've done cleanses, not this yes. extreme, but you gradually. We've resume. had a lot of fun with the cleanse. Yes. we. Gra- well, I also did something that wasn't a cleanse that you guys insisted was yes. a cleanse. And uh, <laughs> one of my early taglines in the show, Jacob, was it's not a cleanse. Not a cleanse. <laughs> Before we this get up with don't cleanse. block the box, what Aaron Rodgers no, is this doing is, is a cleansiest cleanse, cleanse of all. Um, uh, you you gradually resume eating normal things, I would imagine. He's very into this is an Indian uh, background, if you hadn't guessed,
0: and uh, he's very into Indian culture, Eastern yeah. remedies, philosophy. cleanses. This philosophy. does not sound
2: like you're very full. It sounds no. like you're very very empty, which is what cleanses do. Sounds- but you also
0: have to eat. It sounds like hell on earth. Is what it sounds like.
2: Can I bring you some ghee? You can get ghee in a in a jar.
0: What what is like the, you can
2: empty out one of these mason jars of? Uh, I don't whole understand
0: smoking. the nutritional value of something that just makes you vomit if you have two tablespoons of. Well,
2: it. as I've read, uh, the vomiting empties a certain you know upper area of your GI tract that isn't emptied. You know when you're doing the traditional cleanses, which are mostly bottom out. You have to top out to get this top area out, not clear. bottom out. Yeah.
0: Top out. Paul, I've got good news for you. <clears throat> you hate the KPMG logo on Phil Mickelson's hat. It's the worst golfs. logo I've ever seen. Well, you don't have to worry effort about it. I've ever seen because KPMG pulled their sponsorship of Phil Mickelson based on his comments about the PGA tour and the Saudi tour. It's not so bad what he
2: said. I don't think I think the PGA is, a I little think bit.
0: he, he thought he was going to look like this heroic figure for saying this. And what it did was expose a guy who's very, very greedy. And people like Brooks Kepka even said, I'd be very careful using the word greedy if I were Phil Mickelson. This is another thing,
2: again. The, look, Phil Mickelson has made a lot of money. And so I, I'm not saying Phil Mickelson isn't filthy rich, but the PGA has made more money than Phil Mickelson. So I'm not against Phil Mickelson making well, a lot of money. PGA and PGA has, but no, PGA, no one
0: individual has the PGA. Well, I'm not like Phil I'm
2: not against Phil Mickelson wanting rights to digital stuff that the PGA holds over the players' heads.
0: You know, we which started was his main. We beat. started the show with gratitude, Paul. That Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers started the show with gratitude. Let's end the show. How about some gratitude to the sport and to the PGA that helped make you 800 million, and not completely dissing something because you want to go make you know 1.6 billion in Saudi Arabia.
5: I get what you're saying, goes but I
2: also don't need to kowtow. How about how about some gratitude to your old workplace? Did you love them when you left? I, I'm very thankful for the opportunity. Now you are. When you were thinking about leaving and they were pissing you off with their contract offer and
0: stuff like that. Were you loving them? Well, we'll we'll get into this more tomorrow. Because yeah. I want to talk about this because it's a it's a bigger topic about film. It is, it'll be good. We'll get into a lot tomorrow, including primary complaint that's all coming up on tomorrow's show big thanks to Jonathan Hutton who joined us live from the USFL draft Paul you have a message on your way you're
2: on voice rest from now until the start of
0: tomorrow's show don't block the box
2: do lock the lock